0: Hello and welcome to the Industry Interviews podcast, the podcast where the King's College London Employer Engagement team interviews a professional from a certain sector to provide an insight into their role and route into employment. My name is Ross Claydon Mullins, and I am an Employer Relations and Development Advisor at King's College London. I'm joined today by Claire Adler, who is the founder of Claire Adler Luxury Public Relations. Claire is a former freelance luxury journalist for publications, including the Financial Times, and has now founded her own luxury PR consultancy, who works closely with senior executives who wish to enhance their reach, reputation and media visibility. Thank you for joining us, Claire. Before we move on to chatting to Claire, I'm going to give you some labour market information for the PR sector. According to Target Jobs, some of the skills that are most important for the PR sector are excellent oral and written communication skills, interpersonal skills, good IT skills, presentation skills, initiative, the ability to prioritise and plan, awareness of the different forms of the media and their agendas and creativity. There are normally two types of public relations positions, in-house for a company or working for an agency that is contracted out to clients. Both need you to handle campaigns, deal with press communications and write press releases, as well as keep organized cut-ins and handle outside inquiries. Increasingly, search engine optimization, otherwise known as SEO, and social media are becoming important tools for those aspiring to make it in PR. You don't need any formal qualifications in PR to get a job in the industry, but studying a relevant degree may give you a head start in gaining experience and building up important skills. Especially relevant degrees for graduate careers in public relations include obviously public relations, journalism, marketing and communications. There are hundreds of PR firms and roles in the public and private sectors, and there are many places you can try to find a role through websites such as PR Week jobs, and also many PR organisations have graduate schemes and entry level roles so claire thank you so much for joining us today i know that you've had a really interesting journey into the sector which i sort of touched upon a bit before and um, would you mind sharing with us what your organization does and your route into your current role
1: absolutely and thank you ross it's a pleasure to be your guest today and um, so i'm a luxury pr consultant and i help ceos and their companies stay visible online in the news in newspapers magazines TV and radio. Excuse me. So just to give you an idea, in the last few weeks, uh, my clients have appeared in the likes of the New York Times, Forbes, the Daily Mail, the Daily Express, Financial Times, Times Radio, Yahoo, and others, and lots more also niche publications that are relevant to my clients. And to give you some context to show you what we're up against in order to achieve that, most journalists Receive several hundred emails a day from companies seeking press coverage. And I'll also never forget the time when I met, uh, I had the opportunity to meet a CNN business journalist for coffee, as I do uh, so, uh, from time to time meet journalists in person. Um, and I said to her, I'm going to ask you the question that I ask all journalists how many emails are you receiving a day from companies seeking press coverage? She said to me, today it's a Monday, so I'm, gonna, I'm receiving around 5000 It's a back, backlog from the weekend, but usually it would be 1500 So that gives you an idea. And actually, clients don't always appreciate those figures, really. They're not necessarily aware of that. And there are a few kinds of publicity that I go for with my clients. I'll be trying to get my clients the opportunity to offer expert comment on a story that's happening in the news. Um, I'll be working on getting my clients to be the news story, or I'll be going for more of a feature, an in-depth interview with my client who might be a CEO or creative director since I work with luxury clients. Um, So more of an in-depth feature. Um, I also, as part of my PR activities, occasionally make strategic introductions for my clients so um, on occasion i've helped a client appear in a hollywood movie get their products into a film that's now on netflix um, and i've arranged for my clients to sometimes lend their luxury items to celebrities but mainly day-to-day it happens to be my specialism is getting my clients in the media so at the heart of pr like so much of business it's about getting to people to trust you so we need our clients to trust us as pr professionals and we need journalists to come to trust us so people um, skills as you mentioned are important in pr and just worth mentioning i you know as a small business owner i always want to grow my business by taking on new clients but I only take on new clients when I know I can get results for them. And you can see from the figures that I've shared with you how how challenging that is. So fundamentally, I'm looking after my clients' reputations, but all that rests on me looking after my own reputation first. Um, So I've got to be really careful the way that I work. And there's a lot of ethical responsibility, and I, I can explain more about that. So to go back to my personal career journey, which you asked me about, my personal journey has been unconventional for this sector. Um, I was actually offered a place to study at King's College London, uh, but I decided to study at UCL, University College London, and I did French and German. Um, As a Jewish woman, I was so excited to study at UCL. It's the first university in the country to admit women. It's the first university in the country historically to allow Jews and it was the first to create a chair in French, so I was very excited to study there. And funnily enough, in the world of PR and marketing, the ability to articulate uh, key achievements, like being the first to do something, is incredibly important, Um, and so in, in my work for my clients, I'm constantly trying to figure out how to best persuade journalists very clearly and very quickly And so my reasons for choosing my university, UCL, are actually a great example of how, you know, fun and powerful facts influence me. And so that's in a way what I'm trying to do with journalists. So I spent my year abroad studying in Paris and Zurich, um, and I found leaving university very difficult because actually I did well. And I spent a year job hunting and temping. I didn't know what to do next. And so after a few years in jobs, I worked in an educational charity. I worked in an educational publishing house. And um, I never felt truly at home in those jobs. I never felt it was quite the right match, but, you know, I tried my best and eventually I left my job in a charity, uh, fundraising, asking people for donations. Um, I left my job and I went off to New York without a plan. It was a little bit crazy. My parents weren't too pleased at the time. It wasn't the thing to do to leave a job and not have another job. But in those eight months, I spent living and job hunting and working a bit in New York. I discovered that I loved writing. Um, I began writing about my experiences and of living in New York, and I shared those articles with friends and family. In fact, they're the only thing. That article is the only thing I've ever written that hasn't been published because I then became a journalist. But um, I received amazing feedback, and I became passionate about this idea of writing for a career. So when I came back to London, I went on a two day writing course that changed my life um, it was uh, called the introduction to feature writing and it was at the London College of Communications, which is part of UAL, the University of the Arts London. And so those two days, with our teacher who was the author called Kathleen Griffin she taught me more about how to use to make a living out of my skills and my and my quality international education those two days helped me more to turn all that into a making a living than all of all of those years in education had and so within 7 months of that two day course i became i became a full time writer and a full time freelance writer and i was a journalist uh, for the likes of the financial times for over 10 years as a freelancer i also wrote for other famous publications that everyone's heard of like the times vanity fair the telegraph the sunday times washington post and i wrote back for many also for many much smaller publications that really very few people have heard of and as a j- journalist i enjoyed many privileged moments i was flown to first class to shanghai for a dinner to launch some jewelry worth millions I was flown to Venice during the Venice Film Festival for a watch brand and sat next to a racing driver who I would have never met in my life over dinner at the Cipriani Hotel. And later that evening, I quite literally bumped into George Clooney at the bar. Um, And there were also glamorous trips for launches to Paris, Vienna, Geneva, and also the moment in London when I tried on a four million pound necklace at the Van Cleef & Arpel store on Bond Street, um, and it felt completely natural and amazing. um so but into th- around the uh, 2016-ish i made a transition for various reasons out of journalism and into creating my own public relations consultancy and i actually uh, did something that i've never met anyone else who i've heard has done this i began by offering my services to my first client on a results only basis and we had this kind of price menu li- sort of a price list where we said um different kinds of press coverage like if I get you into the Daily Mail or different kinds of press coverage would have different prices attached to them and I said to him we're going to experiment now no fees if no results and um, at a certain point I was getting so much coverage for this client who I actually still work with till this day um, and he said we need to cap the prices and so and he also said I've worked with a number of London agencies you know West End Mayfair based uh, PR agencies and they charge more and they're getting less coverage than you so i realized i was on to something and that i needed to hopefully raise my prices um and so to this day i hope that my experience as a journalist and as a writer gives me an edge because i try to approach pr by thinking like a journalist and i want to make journalists lives easier i know that journalists work to tight deadlines and that they have to come up with story ideas the whole time so as a pr help consultant i want to help my clients by helping journalists um and i hope they have an edge because i used to be one of them
0: absolutely yeah i think that's such an amazing insight into your route and i must admit the glamour side of things sounds amazing i mean <laughs> yeah. i can only imagine what it must feel like to wear a four million pound necklace or meet, <laughs> you know share a drink with george clooney but um Yeah, I mean, it's it's really, really interesting that just picking up on that point around that sort of having that edge around knowing how the journalism world works, having been one yourself and then moving into the PR side of things. Is that a common route? Is that something that other journalists have done? Or is it very much sort of kind of a niche kind of step that you've taken in in doing that?
1: Um, I would say that it is it's not completely uncommon i think what's been so unconventional about my own route is that i was a self-taught journalist and a self-taught pr consultant and self-employed all the way so i've kind of really forged my own path because i think sometimes if you're self-employed you kind of can cheekily sometimes create opportunities for yourself that other people won't necessarily give you but there are high profile journalists who've moved into pr or political consulting and joined the government and joined the biggest, you know, the world's biggest PR agencies, because they have that insight of how a journalist's mind works, so they can see how to, you know, push their agenda forward. So it's certainly not unheard of by any means. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it like I say, it makes perfect sense, really, because you understand the world in which, both on the luxury side of things, but also the journalists and marketing and talking about the, um, the the products that you are doing the PR for and the clients that you're doing the PR for but you understand the world in which they need to reach in order to publicize what they're doing so it, it does it does make perfect sense I must admit and um, so just moving on I mean obviously you've said about how when I presume at university you didn't really think about going into PR. Having studied um, languages and stuff, what were you thinking you might want to do when you were at university? Or had you not really thought that far ahead at that point?
1: So I would say that I hadn't thought that far ahead. And when I did try to think that far ahead, for example, even when I graduated, I just didn't have the answers. And actually, till this day, that's just very personal to me. And I, you know, there's going to be a lot of people hopefully there's going to be a lot of people listening to this with a wide variety of aspirations and experience but I've never been the long-term strategy person I've been the person who's always trying to make myself ready to jump for the next opportunity and to act fast when that opportunity arises so yes I didn't know what I wanted to do I'd never considered journalism till people started calling me a journalist after I went on my two day course I began I learned in that two-day course how to pitch stories to an editor and I began writing articles that's what I did and I was really busy so it was not a straight path it was a very difficult process for me personally
0: yeah i, I think that's really interesting and it's it's like you know if you have that long-term path and you know what you want to do in 20 30 years you can you can aspire to that but equally in your case, you can still find immeasurable success from not knowing what you want to do long term. And like you say, taking that plunge as and when it arrives and that brave step that you took in going to New York with, with no job, but just deciding to write allowed you to basically open a door into this sort of world that you hadn't really anticipated going into. Do you think that's Fair to say. Um,
1: yes, and I think the big challenge with creative careers is the fact that, unlike accounting, law, or medicine, there's no clear pathway. And actually, at my and my own journey, I, it was hard to find the support. There was yes, I was lucky enough to have the moral support for my family and friends and everything, but you have to be very proactive to make things happen in a creative career. I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really, really useful. So, what would you say in terms of the PR sector? Um, and I'm conscious that you're in sort of the luxury PR sector, which is just one part of that. But um, what would you say are the barriers to people who are wanting to progress into roles within that sector?
1: Yeah. So, reflecting on that on that question, I think there's a few challenges that I'm not sure how to surmount, and there's a few challenges which are, they're surmountable. So gaining experience is an issue, um, and I think that internships are a great way which allow you to experiment, and you can gain even so much even from a short one. Um, For example, I I collaborate with with Oxford University, and they run week-long micro-internships, and during the last during last week in the run up to our conversation today i ran some of your questions past some of my interns because they're you know on the on the on the coal face you know and i thought they might have insights that i i may not have and i was really chuffed last week when my intern last week who joined me for only a week um, said on her first day um, i've learned so much about how things work in the field of pr just today so I definitely advise other students to look out for internships. So that was some great feedback. And um, I think another barrier, quite a disturbing barrier, I've got quite strong views about this, in the world of luxury PR, is the fact that some of the biggest names in luxury are advertising for unpaid internship programmes lasting a year, and they ask for one or two years experience. Um, I'm actually getting goosebumps as I say those words. And um, I find it completely unethical, and I find it particularly unacceptable if companies claim they now want to attract people from diverse backgrounds. I also find that the extent of student debt today places a huge strain on students and I find it unfair and frustrating and again I'm not clear of the solution to that but all that said it's not all bad news um, one of the biggest barriers that I have personally noticed again and again is surmountable and I say that and it's the lack of self-confidence in graduates Who don't understand the true value of what they bring to the table. Self-confidence is really important for PR. Um, You've got to show that you, you know that you can promote others to do PR and so surely the first step is you must be able to promote yourself effectively and that requires a degree of confidence and I say this based on my experience of in the last 18 months I've been fortunate enough to work closely with interns from King's College London And also from other leading universities so just to give you a bit of background um, i also wanted to add that i welcome that your listeners can contact me about internships because i'm always looking for interns Um, and although my internships are unpaid i keep interns with me for only a reasonable length of time and i also regularly introduce interns to my network of industry contacts and to other work opportunities as much as I can, so that I can help them forge ahead on their journey. I also stay in touch with interns and make myself available for career chats to help interns with job applications. So based on all that experience, what I've noticed repeatedly is that I've regularly got quite a number of times, heard students and graduates ask me, let's say we might be chatting through a job application or some sort of um, company that they might be in the process of approaching. And they'll say to me, shall I follow up? I don't want to be too pushy. That's a line I've heard a few times. And so to that question, I really just want to advise people to always be confident, be clever and elegant about your follow ups, but always follow up two three or even up to four times um i think if people are busy it's okay to remind them about yourself and think about what you're offering that company and just go for it and remember at that moment when you're saying i don't want to be too pushy shall i follow up that's just the most that's just at the same moment when most people are giving up so that's the real opportunity if you stay in the game most people are just thinking i'm, I'm going to leave it here I call this like the British Gas moment when I phone British Gas. There's a moment when they say our lines are extremely busy. Please call back on Tuesday or whenever and I and at that moment. I say to myself, brilliant, everyone's giving up. Now the queue's going to get much shorter and I see this as the same. You've got to go against the tide sometimes and just persist with all your might to get what you want. So a second example of where I've seen a lack of confidence amongst graduates is was with a really humble but truly outstanding second year Oxford University student who interned with me I I found his CV mind-blowingly good I'd never seen anything like it in my life I mean not that I'm such an expert but just I've been through the system myself you know we meet intelligent people it was unbelievable anyway at the end of his internship with me he said to me I'm considering a career in PR because I think journalism will be too hard to get into And I just, I couldn't believe it. I was actually very moved. I just couldn't believe this guy. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, he literally had everything going for him. And I believe that he'll go on to do amazing things, whatever he, you know, puts his mind to. And I told him kindly but firmly, I said, it's true, journalism is competitive. Everything's competitive. But, and there'll be a long queue of people for any job that, you know, journalism job that you encounter. But what you need to realise is you are going to be at the front of that queue So now not every person's CV is as glittering as this man's but each person needs to dig deep inside themselves and play to their strengths and communicate on their CV and in person what they're good at and what they have done and what they can do. And so this leads to another example that I found which is about communicating your talents and the overall energy you bring to a thing when you you meet people in your career. One thing I noticed with certain very accomplished people, based on their CV, was when I met them in person over a, Zo- over a Zoom or a WhatsApp video call or whatever, is that you know their CVs and grades and their extracurricular activities that I had read about on their you know on their CV, they they've literally achieved more in their 21 years than some people might achieve in a lifetime. But when I met them on a call, they would come with this timid quiet voice lacking confidence now of humility is a beautiful thing and i don't know what they're going through in their personal lives but my message to them and to you is i wish all these people would feel pride and demonstrate the pride in all they are achieving now Um, and i think you know pr is about inspiring confidence in others it's about convincing people to write about your clients to tell that story that you're telling them so I would like to say to people bring lots of energy to every conversation and show it in your voice with every encounter and every task and work hard to believe in yourself and your abilities and despite the fact that there's a very competitive market out there
0: yeah i think that's such a lovely piece that you've just given us there claire to be honest in terms of the advice that you have offered um i think it's immeasurable and i think it's something that personally I actually find a little bit surprising that these graduates from these incredible institutions kings and Oxford and wherever are still lacking in their self-confidence despite the incredible extracurricular activities they've done exp- uh, despite their intelligence and despite their their abilities uh, it, that they still come to you lacking that that sort of cutting edge instinct of really selling themselves and it's it's interesting that I think that that's something that comes up quite a lot from employers that I talk to. That sometimes they expect graduates to be really self assured and self confident, but for some reason they're not, and I, I I don't know why that is when they have so much to offer. But I love that great that British Gas analogy as well. I think that's that's brilliant. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for sharing that.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting that you found the same <laughs> the same issue.
0: Yeah. Um, so, just i have got time for sort of one more question, and it's it's not one that I've I've sort of really um, done on any of the other podcasts that I've recorded. But I think because there's such a sort of, I can sense the passion for the work you do. What what is the one thing that you enjoy most about your role and what you do and i realize i'm putting you on the spot there you might not be able to do it in one but what what are the things that really make you sort of get out of the bed in the morning and really look forward to the day ahead in the role that that you have in and the organization that you founded
1: yeah I think sometimes it can be really challenging because we're dealing with, uh, when we're dealing with press coverage, there are unpredictable outcomes. It can be really hard. There's a lot of grind. There's a lot of attention to detail. There's a lot of research that goes into it, and you're not quite sure. And sometimes the results aren't as good as you want. But sometimes I've managed to create a, a real buzz and create an enormous amount of press coverage in a short amount of time by. Getting onto the right, getting onto the right news story and pitching it right, it is satisfying. It is exciting, and actually seeing the client getting excited about it because there's a special buzz about being visible in the media, getting on the telly. You know, there's still I know it's old old media, but people are still people still take it very seriously to get my client on CNN or Sky News or. You know, and to even go uh, to the film, to the, to the airing with that, you know, to the um, to the studio with accompanying them to the studio, be behind the scenes and, and know that you've made that happen. There's something there's something special in that and know that you can to know what's possible. And especially with this working from home culture, I've actually been working from home for many years. So I was kind of more ready, if I can say, for the pandemic than a lot of people. And to know, and and actually I've sort of come out of the closet and been able to say that I was working from home. You know, it didn't sound so prestigious before, but now it sounds like I was in touch, you know. And I think um, to know what's possible from your, you know, from your home office or for some people, it might be their dining table, you know, and and to know that you've made that happen is very exciting
0: absolutely yeah I think that's really really lovely way to finish actually and yeah you were ahead of the curve when it came to the remote working as well like you say it's the done thing now although none of us anticipated it you were a a trendsetter of sorts in that
1: sense (laughs) (laughs)
0: um but I guess as well in in terms of the PR world I mean it must be very rewarding because you get that sort of you know you've done a good job because it's there in front of you when it's in the newspaper or it's on the telly or it's on the radio or whatever it is that reward is there for everyone to see and appreciate I guess which is must be a really good feeling when that when that happens I imagine.
1: Yes yes Um, actually one of the things that I wanted to add is um, I think you know I'm still uh, sort of in my heart, I think I part of me is still uh, harking back to the time that I was a journalist. And actually, when you write something or create something, it's a it's a different but similar kind of satisfaction in the sense that you started with a black, blank page, but you've made something happen or you've created something, whether that's through your writing talents or or, or making something happen, like something be in the media and. Um, I would suggest that people who are considering a a career in PR could also consider a career in writing and journalism, just because I think that's such a brilliant springboard for so many things. I think it's a fantastic discipline. And if you can do that, you can do so many things. And there are so many uh, links between PR and journalism that I would urge people to consider both if they're considering one
0: brilliant yeah i think that's a, like i say a, a really really lovely way to finish so thank you so so much uh for your time claire um, it is very very much appreciated i hope i hope you've found that insightful listening. I know I certainly have it. I must admit it's a sector that I'm not, um, you know, the most familiar with. And yet I think I've been given a a much greater insight into the PR sector, and especially the luxury PR sector there. So thank you so much, um, Claire, really very, very much appreciated. Pleasure.
1: Thank you for the opportunity.
0: No worries. Um, So yeah, um, anyone who's listening, we've got plenty more podcasts to come. Um, Thanks for listening to this episode of the Industry Interviews. Like I say, plenty more to come and um, yeah, keep, keep listening. Thank you very much and goodbye.